This is Quranism.com. This is Quranism. Welcome to Life Stories, the podcast. These are the stories of real people in real time. True testimony, social commentary, news and reviews. This is Life Stories, the Quranism podcast. Hey, this is Quran and thank you so much for joining me today for Life Stories. Today is a very, very special episode. I present to you the incomparable Mr. Frank McComb. Today we have a very special guest. This dude has been uh, a part of my life for a very long time, even before he knew it and before I began stalking him. (laughs) 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 Mr. Frank McComb is not only one of my is not only my favorite musician in the entire world, he's also one of my closest friends. And I welcome you to Life Stories, Frank. Wow. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You're so welcome. Thank you for your time. I know you are very busy flying all over the world. And, (laughs) um, you know, it's hard to catch up with you. I always try to keep track of of where you are in your performances because your live performance is amazing. Had an opportunity to, to see you in Charlotte, North Carolina earlier this year. Um, and, and you made a lot of friends. A lot of people made friends in the audience because you're so personable. Um, but I really want to know how your story began and how your love for music came to be. Well, I love music from the time I was born. I mean, I can't even put an age on singing. Um, uh, I started playing piano. No, no, actually, my first instrument is drums. I started playing drums at really? the age of eight. Mm-hmm. Around the age of eight. And uh, but I just didn't have a drum kit. I used to play my cousin Clarence's drums. He was a drummer in the family, and um, and of course I would watch him play. And I'd be in church watching him play. And then there was you know my two aunts playing piano and organ in my grandma's church. So um, I watched my aunt Evelina. She was writing a blues tune one day after church. I was about twelve, and I thought it was the coolest thing because to me that was musical freedom be able to write a blues tune in church. And she said, hell, Frank, it's the same changes. <laughs> so, so, okay, all right, works for me, same changes. So um, she gets me home one day after church, and she puts this keyboard on my mother's dining room table and tells me to come learn now. And I said, well, I didn't mean today. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean today. <laughs> so before I knew it, I was sitting at that keyboard, and she taught me my basics, you know, major minor chords, what notes, what the notes were called, and purpose of the sustain pedal, and and she worked with me for one hour for three Sundays, and uh, after that third Sunday, she had to take on a job, so I was left with three hours piano training, and uh, I just, I, I ended up liking it so much, I didn't want to quit, so I messed up my mother's record collection by, <laughs> by taking her records upstairs to the attic, which is where I slept, because my bedroom was the attic, 
and I I would uh, just wear them records out, you know, putting the you know picking the needle up and pulling it back so I can hit them licks all over again. And you know, we didn't have the technology back then that we have now. No, now, we we can, we, yeah, now we can speed the stuff up and slow it down. You know what I mean? Without even changing the pitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, that's where it all began. You know, sitting there at my mother's dining room table. Uh, by the time I was 15, I was playing in the clubs with the old guys. So I learned pretty fast. And being around them, I had to pick up the pace, you know. Mm-hmm. And at 17, I started my first trio. And I would play around Cleveland, Ohio. And, you know, the surrounding areas like, you know, like Erie, Pennsylvania was only two hours away. Akron and Canton, and uh, I was negotiating with all the guys that owned the clubs or ran the clubs, and we talking about some old cat daddies. We talking about some bars, you know, <laughs> clubs and bars. <laughs> then I would get a call from the Cleveland Teachers Union all the time to play their bits. So I had my feel of dealing with the clubs, and I had my feel of dealing with with uh, corporate, you know. So I was kind of learning the game early, not knowing that years later, at age 45, I'd be booking my own work around the world. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty much the same thing. I just had to learn. I just had to learn how to put it, you know, how to do it on a higher scale. So I've been literally booking my own work all these years. Now, you are completely independent. And what most people don't understand is how much work goes into being an independent artist. Oh, yeah. Can you give us just a little bit of... um, of what happens in the production of one of your songs. Well, before I even go there, mm-hmm. um, I have to address this issue because it has been with me for many years. And this is a question I've never <laughs> asked you. And you know, we've been friends for a long time. Long time, yeah. <laughs> long time, <But> right? <laughs> where does your, your, your lyrics are more often than not about love. And, but the mind of your music the depth of the kind of love that you speak of, where the hell does that come from? Because <laughs> it's deep. Well, um, to be honest, I just love good stories. You know, I do. I, I, I love good stories. I, I like the movies. Uh, I, I could see something on TV and actually write a song about it. Mm-hmm. Like watching a movie and see a scene. And, and it's funny because I've never done a movie soundtrack or anything. Never been offered to do one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, I don't even know if I have it in me to do it, but I've got enough songs that'll fit them. Having a locker somewhere with like 80,000 songs. That I've never heard <laughs> I got my vault around here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, I, I've probably got enough songs already released to where somebody come to me and say, Hey, can you do a soundtrack? Oh yeah, I can do a soundtrack and just grab all my whole records. <laughs> and I know I got something to fit every scene pretty much. <laughs> so... But I do. I just love good movies. I love good stories. And um, I'm not really uh, entertained by songs that don't say anything. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a time where songs meant something. Songs said something. It spoke to somebody's spirit somewhere doing something. And even if it was a disco tune and it wasn't talking about nothing, the groove was there. You know, the music was just as good as the lyrics. That's, that's, you know, what I grew up listening to. Sometimes the story's in the bass line. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. The baseline talking to you. You know, for real. You know, like, you know, I mean, look, look at the song of Disco Inferno, The Tramps. Mm-hmm. You know, he's talking about having a good time, but the, the music is just as good as the song, you know? And somebody needs that after work. Yeah. You know, somebody needs that over the weekend, you know? 
So even if even if the lyrics aren't really telling a story, they're still saying something to where like you know, Michael Jackson, get on the floor and dance with me. But mm-hmm. it was it was good music, you know, and that's what I grew up listening to, and that's all I know. That's all I want to put out is what I feel is the best music I can put out, and uh, still speak to somebody's spirit or somebody's situation, you know. And I don't want to do songs that just, as they would call them, fillers. Mm-hmm. Like this new record I'm doing, Soulmate, Another Love Story. I'm bouncing off the Love Stories album from back in 2000. I can't wait. And, yeah, I'm excited about putting this thing out. I am. And right now, you know, it's a four-song EP, but those four songs are strong. Yes, they are. They're strong. And I'm not trying to toot my horn or pat myself on the back, but I got to speak as my own publicist, too. And it sounds arrogant because I have to do all the jobs. No, it doesn't <laughs> sound arrogant at no. all. And just to relieve the pressure, I will toot your own horn. Beep, beep. Thank you. <laughs> but, and, and, that's, and it's just the truth. It's just that, you know, uh, I, I believe in putting out stuff that's, you know, songs that say something. I don't want to just put out music. And then the rest of the album is the same way. I mean, everything on this record is saying something. I mean, no fillers. I don't believe in filler songs. I don't, I don't believe in that. I believe bodies of work. Don't put the music out. If you if, if you're something that you're not feeling, then don't fill up the record with it. You know. So with that being said, what's your take on what's being put out now? What how do you feel about the music that is in airplay that that's in everybody's ears right now? Well, I was just talking to Gerald Albright about this over the weekend. I was just talking to him about oh, this. You were just talking to Gerald Albright like that's the same thing. <laughs> Well, it's big for me. So, so for me to so to have a conversation with him about it, you know, that says a lot. And we were talking, we were just talking about this, and um, I was really shocked to hear that he felt the same way. He hated the term smooth jazz. So did Najee. Mm-hmm. And I talked about that as well. They hated the term smooth jazz because they were around before the smooth jazz name even came about. Absolutely. And they wanted people wanted to pigeonhole them as smooth jazz. And they were like, uh, uh-uh, no. I am an I am a saxophonist. I I am a I, I play we play R and B instrumentals. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. <laughs> you know. You know what's so funny? The, when I saw you perform in Atlanta, that was when I was with Smooth Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, was that the first time we? I think that was the first time we met. Mm-hmm. When I was at SmoothAtlanta.com, and mm-hmm. I was I had my radio show Grand Divine, and uh-huh. Frank, believe it or not, people gave me my first interview on radio. So I am forever grateful to you for that. But we met. Yeah, you did. That that was my first interview on radio. I had done some television, but you were my first radio interview, and it was it was brilliant. I still have it. After all these years, I ended up talking about our kids as usual. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Clearly, remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still have it. Um, you still have a microphone. I do. Dude, I did. Doing that first interview. That's that's what it was for. Yeah. And you know what? I have it sitting right here. Mm-hmm. I'm not using it, but I actually passed it on to my daughter. I have that same mic right here. Yeah, that's right. You passed it on. Mm-hmm. That's right. It was a blue mic, snowball. Yeah, the snowball. That's the right. Snowball. <laughs> yeah, those are cool. Those are really cool. Yeah, they are. I need um, my radio show. So I could just sit it there in front of me and just do what I need to do. Yes, your radio show, The Living Room. I'm very, very proud to say we're going to be bringing you on in syndication to Karanism Radio. Uh, yep. Tell us about The Living Room. Well, I get to play whatever I want to play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get to play whatever I want to play. And uh, in fact, I'm going to start programming it now. Today's Tuesday. Um, I, I, I love uh, 
I mean, it's funny because I, I I didn't I don't have mainstream radio support. Never have had mainstream radio support, but I became part of radio. It was funny. Live three sixty five is where I actually no, I actually started with iHeart with Accelerated Radio. Mm-hmm. Kevin Nash, uh, he works for Stevie Wonder Station KGLH here in L.A. But he started a network and offered me a show, and uh, got my show off the ground with him. Uh, I had the living room before. It was with Solar Radio over in the U.K. Oh, I remember. Yeah, but I didn't have the technology to keep up with it, and mm-hmm. and uh, I just decided to let it go uh, after they wanted to give my time slot to somebody else after I built it up. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I let them have a show. I let, well, I kept my show, but I let them have a time slot back. So, But Kevin said, why don't you resurrect it? And I said, okay, yeah, I will. So I brought the living room back, and he told me, he said, if you don't push your own brand, you don't play your own music, there's no sense you having a radio show. So are you going to do that? I said, yeah. <laughs> you think I would say no to that? <laughs> so so uh, after I hooked up with Accelerated Radio, here comes uh, Reds FM, based in Spain. And now they have me on for uh, Sundays, 6 to 8 p.m. in the U.K., 7 to 9 in, uh, in other parts of Europe, CET. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, Legend 107 came aboard. And now they have me on Fridays, Saturdays, and Mondays. The first broadcast is always Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Saturdays, Mondays, and Fridays with them. And ASSK Radio on Thursdays. Mountain, uh, what is it? Uh, 5 to 7 Mountain Standard Time. Mm-hmm. So with, 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 with Legend 107, it's 10 to midnight Eastern. So I, I, I'm very happy. I mean, I get to put out good music. I get to educate folks. I perform live sometimes. I play unreleased stuff sometimes. So, um, I feature people like presently you know, featuring Gerald Albright, mm-hmm. two hours with Gerald because his new record just came out, Slam Dunk. Um, a few weeks ago, I featured Najee's new record, which I'm on, and it entered Najee's record entered into the Billboard Jazz on, on onto the Billboard Jazz charts at number six. Nice. We're like three or four weeks running, still in the top ten, and I have a song on that record. So right now, I have a top ten record. I'm, I'm, I'm a record, a song in the top ten rather. You're on Kanye's record too, aren't you? Yeah, Kanye Dawes. Yeah. I think her, I think her last two records. Uh, yeah, her last two records. I love it. I was I was listening when when Kanye's record was released. I was listening to it in my car, and my little one said, "That's Mr. Frank." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's, that's how much cool. I listen to you around here. Um, they recognize that was they, cool. They recognize you. They recognize your your, your voice and your yeah. hands. So. Oh, man, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's a great show, though. I love the living room. I love the freedom that you have with the living room because um, it really does show us who you are. It shows us a different side of the musician. Um, yeah, wow. That's cool. And musicians, they have, um, I think they respond to you much differently than they do in ra- mainstream radio because you're talking musician to musician. It's not, um, it's not so rigid. Yeah, but you know what? Even even the regular buying public, they seem to like it a lot because they get to see uh, what what makes me tick to a degree, and then I get to educate them. Like somebody just wrote on on Mondays, I try to tweet when I can with with the listeners. We get on on to on 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 uh, Twitter. We call Twitter our living room. That's our living room mm-hmm. chat. And uh, I, I mentioned on the the current broadcast that Gerald was the one that played the saxophone on Forget Me Nots. That was his sax solo. A lot of people didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, you can see yourself educated. That's Gerald Albright. Man. That's sax solo. That's sad. Yeah, that's sax solo on Forgive Me Nice. Ba, ba, da, da. What was it? Da, da, ba, 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 ba. 
That's 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 uh, Gerald. Yeah. Yeah, part of that site that that sax solo is actually part of the reason that song was so successful. So who have you not worked with that you would love to work with? Dr. Dre. Really? Really. That's who I'd love to work with. It's Dr. Dre. Mm-hmm. He's top of the line, believe it or not. Dr. Dre, right off the t- right off the tip of my tongue. Then maybe Herbie, you know, because mm-hmm. he's a legend. Herbie Hancock. I like to sit at the piano with Ramsey Lewis. Um, I would love to see that happen. But definitely Dr. Dre. That's good stuff. That's good stuff Dr. right Dre. there. You know, another reason why I like having my radio show, The Living Room, actually uh, going back to the question of where do I see the music? You know, I, I get to keep good music in the ears of people because I'll be honest with you, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not pleased with what I hear on the radio. I don't even listen mm-hmm. to the radio. And, um, I, not the name dropping them, but I had a conversation with Stevie on the phone about mm-hmm. this some months back. And I agreed with him. He said, the talent is out there. They just have to be exposed. The talent is out there. It's definitely out there, but are they getting a chance to be heard? No. So in, uh, in, in a world where we are, that is obsessed with pop culture, where we mm-hmm. do have, you know, uh, so much noise that it, that's passing as music that's the only way mm. i can describe it as noise yeah i just consider it another art form myself i don't really consider it music a lot yeah, of stuff i'm not yeah. sure what it is it, I, I say entertainment you know you have you have artists yeah. and then you have entertainers so you know so in a world that's so pop obsessed how do we get to that that talent that real talent that raw talent and, and you know one of the things we don't see anymore is development Oh, you're not gonna get that because nowadays, because nowadays artists have to already be developed before a company even looks at them. Yeah, I mean, and you, and you can't be too smart, but at the same time, you gotta get the smarts while you're becoming developed. You're naturally gonna get the smarts. You mm-hmm. have to. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, because you have to get out there and do it yourself. So, it's on the job training. You're gonna learn while you're doing it. If you don't learn while you're doing it, then then no, that that just doesn't make sense to me. You know what I mean? I do. I do. It doesn't make sense to me. You have to learn as you go, you know, but then they don't want anybody too smart. (laughs) But then they don't want anybody undeveloped. (laughs) Sounds like my dating life. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to go there right now. Um, So, so tell me this. Mm -hmm. What's next for you? I know that you have a new release that's coming. Um, and I know you have some great things on the horizon. Um, I'm sure you'll be traveling through throughout the rest of the year. I know the fall is pretty busy for you. So what's next for you? But never busy enough because I love to work. Mm-hmm. I love to work. Um, what's next for me is there is a there's an artist. She's uh, based in Greece. Who well, you know how we have American Idol here. Mm-hmm. Well, they have Super Idol in Greece, according to what she was teaching me, and she was the a winner on, on Super Idol. And it just happened a few months back, I was in, I was touring Europe, and I had shows in Slovakia. She, saw, she found out I was going to be in Slovakia, and she reached out to me through one of my best friends who I was working with at the time in, uh, in Slovakia, Martin Valhora, a drummer. Mm-hmm. And uh, Martin said that she wanted to do a duet that he was producing. And I said, yeah, gladly. And I didn't know she was a fan of my work. So we get together, I do the duet, and 
she heard soulmate she said she loved soulmate and then we was just sitting down picking it apart and um next thing i know she says i want this sound on my record will you will you do my whole record with me wow so i'm actually producing her album the rest of of her album yeah so i'm going to be working on that and finishing soulmate another love story at the same time while booking the concerts going and playing the concerts Mm -hmm. Um, and and remastering some of my old stuff. Like, I just remastered it straight from the vault. Really? Yeah, I just remastered it because that record was never mastered. I mean, I, I engineered the record myself. It's the first record I had ever recorded on my own, you know, after having dealt with Motown and Columbia, who really didn't push me as an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I did two projects for Motown, nothing got out, but I did the album for Columbia, but it wasn't properly handled. So, um, with me doing straight from the vault, everything on that record is me. And, um, and I never, I didn't want it polished when I did it. I didn't want it so clean, but, um, it was time now we're, we're talking what 11 years later, it was time to clean that record up. I mean, I've already proven a point. I've already gone out there or an artist can do his own music, yada, yada, yada. Okay. That's done. And over. clean the record up, move on. You know what I mean? And, and who knows? If anything should ever happen as to where I get the opportunity to get any of that stuff in the movie, it's clean. It's clean enough to be heard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was just time to it was just time to get my kid and clean it up. That's all. Put some better clothes on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm finding out from many people that it's still one of their favorite albums. Between that one and Love Stories. Love Stories Love is Stories. probably my favorite because uh, it was one of my introductions to you. Oh, that's cool. Um, that's real. Uh, but you know, but, I'm, I'm, I'm down with Buckshot LaFont too. So I still. Oh yeah, we're going way back now. My, I yeah. never got my CD back from Steve. Steve Braxton, you have my CD. I want it back. Um, <laughs> took <your record. laughs> he took my CD. I have it on digital, but I, you know, I, I want my CD back. But yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm way back, way, way back from Buckshot LaFont. Yeah. Those were uh, some good times, man. Those were real good times. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, those were some good times, man. People are still asking me, oh, when are we going to get back together? But I tell them, that's a a question. It's going to be kind of hard because our drummer is an official member of the Average White Band now. <laughs> you know, he's the drummer for the Average White Band. Such <laughs> so, underachievers. <laughs> really. <laughs> Such underachievers. I know that's right. You know, Russell Gunn, a trumpet player, he's got his career. I still yeah. got my career. And, and then um, and then speaking of future things, I mean, I'm in the process of working on a project with Terry Lynn Carrington. Yay. I yeah. love her. Project called Passwords. Me and Terry Lynn Carrington, Chris Walker, who's MD for uh, Alex Rowe, mm-hmm. and Dwight Seals, who's another one that hates the term smooth jazz. <laughs> I, I never quite connected with the term smooth jazz. It does. It didn't make sense. What what was considered smooth yeah. jazz was elevated music, and exactly. the stuff that 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 we play, the stuff that we do, is not elevated music. It's no, it's, it's not R and B and soul. It's not. Smooth, to me, smooth jazz. jazz music. To me, smooth jazz was uh, was was the new term for music. Yeah, that's exactly you know? what it was. Yes. That's what it was. And then they threw people like Grover Washington and uh, Spyro Gyra and all these cats. Mm-hmm. They started out playing that kind of music. And then it just switched over to watered-down versions of the Spinner's tunes, basically. <laughs> watered-down versions of everything. 
of everything, you know, since, oh, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a hit song. Oh, this song, st- strain all of the soul out of it and re-record right, it. Right, right. That's Take what it was all, like. Suck it you know? all out and re-record it. call the starch out of spaghetti, basically. <laughs> <laughs> you know, drain all the fat off the bacon. You know, drain all the grease off the bacon. You got to leave a little grease on it for it to taste good. Grease. Come on now. It's bacon. It's bacon. It exactly. You're going to strain all the grease off of it. <laughs> so that's what it was like to me. I never connected with smooth jazz, and I never connected with neo soul. I hate that Kadar Massenberg came up with that foolish term. Neo, you're trying to put a new name, a new name on something that already exists so you can get credit for something. So many people fell under that moniker of Neo Soul. I refuse to even find it anymore. It's it's, it is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It is ridiculous. I I, I never went for that because that was never me. I'm not Neo Soul. I'm an I'm a I'm a soul jazz artist. Mm -hmm. And you know what? My wife named me a soul jazz artist. That's what I. I am a soul jazz artist because I do both just equally as well. You've been married now, what, 80 years? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. How long have you guys been together? Yeah, Nisa and I have been married 21 years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 21 years. In fact, she's the one that said to do Soulmate Another Love Story, bounce off my first album because people love it so much, you know, and do an album that, that uh, caters to that record. And I thought it was a great idea, so I, I did love it. it. So I, I have it. a friend of mine I was having a conversation with, um, uh, a wonderful uh, mentor and friend, world-class photographer. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were having a discussion about marriage. And I said, you know, uh, the person you marry can determine the entire trajectory. I can't talk. The hey, person- you can like me now. That's right. me. Right, right. Hey. <laughs> Started like a bug. The person, that- <laughs> the person you marry can change the entire trajectory of your life. And I know how much of a great influence your wife has been on your music and your career. Um, and your children as well. I said, I was not going to talk about the kids, but our kids are in college now. Can you believe that? Yeah, they're in college now, yeah. <laughs> That's how far back it's we go. unbelievable. Our kids are in college now. Yeah, that says a lot about us. We and your, know. your beautiful daughter, your handsome son, boy, I tell you, they just getting older and we just getting younger. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I'm, that's my better. story and I'm sticking to it. Getting better. Getting better. Frank, thank you so much for taking the time to talk <laughs> with us today. You are, um, you know, you know, you're my heart. You're my favorite. You always will be. I'm on it. I will always stalk you gently. I'm liable to show up anyway. You're playing. I'm liable to show up. Let's do it. Let's say, come on. Make a party. In fact, if you're going to be there, go on and just do be the MC for the night while you had it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we surely look forward to another love story and falling in love with you and your music all over again. I want to thank you so much for joining us on Life Stories. And uh, you're such a huge part of my music heritage. I don't even know if I could separate you from my influence at this point. Oh, that's cool. I appreciate that. It's kind of cool, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You're the man. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I just, I just play music. <laughs> well, you do it so well and, and you do it for the masses and uh, I love the fact that one day we're going to sit down and, and talk more about your travels around the world I'm always fascinated about where you are and the people that you meet and mm-hmm. whether you're in Asia or the North Pole I don't have you been to the North Pole actually I've been close to it yeah, <laughs> I think I have I've been real close to the North Pole <laughs> you know, I, 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 I try to keep up I try to keep up but uh, 
I done see Santa up there nowhere. I'd have jacked him for a couple of gifts. <laughs> a couple of new computers. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now I mean, dude, gotta get some stuff out of Santa. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I th- I thank you again, ladies and gentlemen, the incomparable Mr. Frank McComb. Thank you. Yay! Yay! <laughs> thank you very much for getting another good interview. <laughs> Appreciate it. You are the best. Thanks so much. Right on. Take care. We're going to close out with Return to Lake Erie from the original Love Stories album by Frank McComb. This has been an incredible time. Thank you so much for joining us. You can always find us on SoundCloud, on iTunes, and on social media at All Things Quranism. See you next time. This has been a production of Quranism Media. Visit us online, Quranism.com.